You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Recorded live. In his people. Psalms 149 verse 4. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the afflicted ones with salvation. We've been talking about those people who are in the right place. And that's the place that I want to visit. That's the place I want to be found. As Paul says in Philippians, that I may be found in him. That's where I want to be found. That's where I think most of us want to be found. Because in that place, there is hope. We know, we noticed, by the way, Betty, is, is, is she ill or just, I didn't hear quite what you said. Okay. Kind of like mine? Yeah. All right. Well, we understand that. And who's the, who's the young lady you have there? You mean already sitting up? My, Kylan, you are all right. Oh, yeah. Let's go fishing. Yeah, oh, oh, good, yeah. Okay, so not only things that I want to know, and I want to know the thing that is the most ultimate thing in the world to know, that's in Philippians 3, 7, 8, 9, that, that context of Scripture, that I want to know Christ and all the things that are involved in that. And then to be found in him is the place. So if we, are in, we know about him and through him we enter into the place, that place is where we find the inheritance. So that's our, that becomes our hope. That's the only hope the world has is what's found in the church. There is no hope outside. And we need to instruct from our youth up. Fortunately, we don't have 500 little kids here today. We've got two. They're precious. But, you know, it needs to be, as we studied last week, the parental responsibility of, of reinforcing the idea of hope, hope, hope. What is your hope? And also, secondly, we discussed the idea of hope as our means of bringing people to Christ and entering into the place where there is hope. It ought to be hope. We ought not be winning people out of fear, but with a clear vision of the hope that is found in him. And, of course, that hope is really the inheritance that are, is, will be ours when we become joint heirs with Christ. We're going to talk about some things on that today, not only just things that I want to know, but I learn where I want to be, and I want to be where there is hope, and grace is the strong box of God. It is where, it is where 
All of God's promises are. That's his strong box. And that, that is called grace in the Bible. Grace is a situation. It is a state of being. It is not an operative thing. It is a place that we must enter and take our stand in. It is the strong box of God that contains all of the things that are applicable to you throughout the endless ages. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Galatians, Ephesians chapter 1. And um, let's look at verses 6. Start with verse 6. Now, I realize that first of all here, in this context, he's talking specifically to the apostles. And then in verse 13, he brings some of these back over into being applicable to all of the folks in the church. And we're going to just pick on a couple of those. (coughs) So verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, the recognition of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us, the apostles in the beloved. And where were the apostles in order to have this bestowed upon them? What does it say? In the beloved. It's a place. In means a place. Are you in this building or out of this building? If you were up on the roof, would you be in? On. If you were going through the building, what would it be? And nonstop, like some folks. It would be through, wouldn't it? I said the word. That's in the Greek, that's dia, which means through, a channel of operativeness going through. Uh, if you were outside the wall, what would that be? That would be outside or beside. See, all of, those, all of those little words that pertain to a place are prepositional words. It gives you an idea of a position. If you were under the floor, where would you be? Under. Oh, you are so quick. If you were running around the outside of the building, what would it be? Tired. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> that was good. All right. Uh, but it'd be around, wouldn't it? See, because it's related to a place, it's a preposition. A preposition has to do with a word that gives you some correlation to a place. So in the beloved means that you are in a particular position. You're in the beloved. But now we want to specifically go down to verse 7. I didn't know whether he was keeping up with me. I can't read out of both sides of my... Well, only my left eye works, so I don't, can't read. So in him, we have redemption. How? Through his blood. So we have to go through the blood, just like going through the building. We have redemption if we go through his blood, which our contact with that blood is the truth and in water baptism. The forgiveness of our trespasses is found there too, according to the poverty of his grace. Because that's how it has to be, folks. Because that's what we think about the church. Why would I want to be a Christian? There's nothing there for me. So we're thinking about it in terms of why all of God's 
all of the lavishness of God is really nothing but poverty to the common, the common folk today, or they would all be here. You see, this inheritance that we are talking about that is the foundation of our hope as to why we become a Christian meets a standard. And that standard is according to the riches, the riches, not the poverty, but the riches of His grace. Think about that. So there we have redemption and forgiveness and that redemption and forgiveness of the apostles specifically and then added later in the chapter to all of the folks in the church at Ephesus, redemption and forgiveness is equal to the riches of God's grace. Why wouldn't everybody want to be a Christian? Why doesn't everybody want to be a Christian after the New Testament order? Why doesn't everyone want to be in the place where all of the riches of God are? Why wouldn't everybody want to be there? Why wouldn't all the people out there in the park want to be there? Why wouldn't all the people driving down Arizona Boulevard want to be there? What is it that keeps people? Folks, it's because they have a diminished view or a tarnished view of the hope that is in Christ. And once we have that hope so deeply instilled in our children's lives, nothing will ever take them away. We have that hope. But we've got to know what that hope is. And this hope is found only in Christ, which is his body of the church. It can only be there. And in there we find the strong box of all that God has available to us because we are joint heirs with him. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. <clears throat> if that isn't enough, that, there, that, that, standard, that standard of this inheritance is according to the riches of his grace. That's the standard. That's the inheritance that we have our hope in. And we, we, we come and be a part of Christ because we know that in him, his body, the church, there is hope. We like hope. Love hope. We want our children to have hope. We want our folks to have hope. We want to be able to talk about hope. What's your hope? Last week we also talked about, thirdly, you know, if you have friends, ask them sometime. Find, you know, think about how to do it. Don't just be blunt about it. But, Find out of what, what it is that really makes them tick. In asking them that, you're asking them about what's their hope? What's their hope? Because folks, when they get through telling you what, how little and how worthless their hope is, you can now be prepared to tell them about the lavishness of your hope. So you have to have a... That's how you bring people to the Lord. That's how you soul win. That's what you talk to you about your children. That's what you talk to you about your neighbors, about hope. That's positive. It's dynamic. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, 
For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, that's before he came, yet for your sakes, those who have responded to him, he became poor, just as one of you, so that you, through his poverty, might become more impoverished. Is that your view of the church? Is that your view of being a Christian? No. That's not what it says, is it? What does it say? Somebody tell me. You can read it. You might become rich. That's the hope. We have to know what that means, but to begin with, just the idea that through his poverty, you all, the church at Corinth, I've been there. I've been to how many have been to Corinth? Nathan, you've been to Corinth. The old, the older New South part, the old ruins. Yeah, the old Corinth. There's not much there now. Not worth looking at. The first, well, theoretically, the very first structure of Christendom was built in Corinth as a Christian church. The very first church of Christendom was built historically and, if it is accurate, I don't know that, <clears throat> in the city of Corinth. So he's talking to the people who were there. Maybe that's where they were meeting. I don't know. But through his poverty, you might become rich. That's the kind of a hope that we have when we are in Christ. Bring your children up with that idea of the wealth that is in Christ that they will become partakers of. Let's go to Romans chapter 2. You know where Romans is somewhere? Is that in the Old Testament or the New? All right, chapter 2, verse, or chapter 2 and verse 4. <clears throat> You see, some, some, someone was looking out for us who were going to be in him, and that was through his poverty we would all become rich. He was looking out for you who were going to be in him, that you would have a concept of the riches that are found in Christ equal to what he had prior to his coming down to be as one of us in poverty. 2 Corinthians chapter, or, or uh, Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, or do you think lightly of the riches? Now, how do you think about it? Do you think of his kindness and tolerance and patience? Those are riches. Do you think lightly of the riches, the riches that come out of his kindness, the riches that come out of his tolerance, the riches that come out of his patience, Do you not know that the kindness of God is what leads you to repentance? So here we have the riches of his kindness, and it is endless. He has deep pockets, pockets that you just can never exhaust. They've just got money all the way. The deeper you get into his pockets, why, the more there is, the more the wealth is, 
You just cannot exhaust the wealth that is in the pockets of our Lord. Particularly when it comes to this verse, uh, the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience. And that's what gives people then that, that evenness of temperament. So we talked about Valium and the dangers of the use of that. They do a lot of, of it in school today. But you see, that's because these children have not been instructed in hope because that evens out their temperaments. Hope does that. Hope is a powerful, powerful factor in life. And if there is no hope, then there is always that on edge. Hope takes the sting out of that part of life. In chapter 9 of Romans, chapter 9, in verse 23, we have more about riches. And he did so to make known the riches of the glory upon vessels of mercy. Inexhaustible riches. Deep pockets. The depth of endlessly deep pockets. When it comes to the kindness and patience and long-suffering and the mercy that's available to folks who are in him. Chapter 11 of Romans and verse 33. All the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, unfathomable his ways. There is the depth of the riches. There, there is an example again of the depth of endlessly deep pockets when it comes from God to you, when you're in the right place. Now let's go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Now Neil's going to be prepared to bring a sermon one of these days when he pops in but we'll hopefully have more folks here. We don't want to waste good talent on you folks. <laughs> now that was that was a joke, folks. <laughs> All right, Ephesians chapter three and verse eight. <clears throat> to me, the very least of all saints. And you know why that was in some ways. It's because he was a part of the massacring of Christians to begin with. So he looked upon himself as the least of all saints. This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles. How many of you are in that group? Oh, some of you are not Gentiles. Well, what is it you are? All right. To preach to the Gentiles. So the message of the church and of Paul through the church to the world, to the Gentile community, was the unfathomable 
riches of Christ. And when you are in him, you are a participant in those riches. Do your kids know that? Do your folks know that? Do your brother know that? Your husband, your wife, your family, your neighbors, do they know that in Christ are unfathomable, unsearchable riches, endlessly deep pockets, inexhaustible. Now that's the theme that Paul says was his message to the Gentiles. It wasn't the same as it was to the Jew. And folks, we're generally speaking to the Gentile world today. And our message needs to be the message of this hope of which I speak today and have spoken for the last who knows how many weeks. It's not that I'm slow <laughs> at all. All right, let's look at that verse one more time in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles. So his grace was the message, the unfathomable, the unfathomable the unfathomable, unable to be detected by a depth finder. When we were in our boat in Canada, we have a depth finder. It goes down to 1,000 feet. The the lake that we're on is deeper than 1,000 feet deep. So what does that mean? Our depth finder can't go deep enough to give us a good measurement beyond 1,000 feet. It's unfathomable. Our instrument is not big enough. Our minds are not big enough to capture the depth of the riches that are in Christ. The human instrument just cannot grasp it. Folks, we don't have anything to be ashamed of being a part of the Lord's church. We have everything in the world to talk about, to brag about, to be excited about. Go back to chapter 1 of the book of, book of Ephesians, chapter 1 and verse 18. <clears throat> because this verse somewhat ties it together for us. In Ephesians chapter 1, 18, everything is all tied together. We ask the question, does it pay to be a saint? Look at this in verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know. See, we talked about knowing. Things I want to know. I want to know Christ. You will know what is the hope. Hope is in the place that we have to be in in order to be a participant in it. What is the hope of his calling? That is, what are the riches of the glory, the riches of his recognition, his recognition of you, of his inheritance found where? In the saints. If you're in the body, you're a saint. If you're in the if you're a saint, you're in the body. If you're in the body, you're a saint. Can't be any other way. It pays to be a saint because there you are, you are exposed to the riches of the glory of his inheritance. His inheritance to those who are saints in the body, folks, is unfathomable, unsearchable, 
It pays to be a saint and to be in the right place. And you can't be in the right place if you don't know the one behind it all, and that's Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2 we close with today. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 4 and 5. But God being rich in mercy because of his great... And Jesus is telling us something now, not only what is ours because of where we are, but it tells us about the God who is there. Being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. Grace, not not by grace, just in grace, and there's no in there either, just the word grace, you have been saved. Now, let's just think about that for a minute. Rich. God is rich. And when we're in the right place, we share in his riches. We never have to worry about whether God's going to run out of his mercy. We never have to worry about God's going to run out of forgiveness. God will not run out of any of those things. He has, he has endlessly deep pockets. And if you're in the right place, you can tap those pockets as often as you need them. God will never run out. That's the hope of the Christian. Now next week, God permitting, we will go into the characteristics of this inheritance as described in 1 Peter 1, 1 1-3. We're going to close today then with just a quick statement. It makes a difference to God where you are. You have to be in the right place to tap the, the depth of his pockets of mercy and love and joy and mercy, all of those things. There is endless. But also the inheritance we have as our saints, as joint heirs with Christ, we talked about, emphasized more last week, was what we have together with Christ. He had to be a son in order to be open for the inheritance. We have to be joint heirs with him so that we can become partakers of the inheritance that is enjoyed by Christ. Folks, that's the hope of the Christian. Our hope is the inheritance. And the inheritance as well as our hope are ensured by the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Let's stand as we sing our closing song today. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 